Listen, all you New Yorkers. Is the 77 WABC minicast. Is the former UN ambassador John Bolton. Ambassador Bolton, uh, first, this, this, this preposterous notion that Biden is trying to get rid of Netanyahu, saying there needs to be a change of government at a time where they're like fighting Hamas. Well, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's also, I think, evidence of the problem that that uh, Israel is facing and, and that really the United States is facing since Israel is uh, uh, on behalf of civilization in the process of destroying Hamas. A- at one level, publicly, rhetorically, Biden supports Israel. But behind the scenes for the past two months, he's been urging them not to take steps that could expedite this and really minimize casualties on all sides. I think he's uh, he's really uh, objectively done a lot of things that are pro-Hamas. He's, he's done other things that were right, I think, sending the two carrier battle groups. But but the idea that now he's not only going to second-guess the current Israeli government's military strategy, now he's going to second-guess the government of Israel altogether. I, I think I think we're coming to a very dangerous point in the relationship. It'll be dangerous for Israel in trying to eliminate Hamas, uh, and therefore dangerous for the United States. And, you know, he also said, um, Ambassador, that support for Israel is waning, too. I mean, that has come out. He said it apparently at two different events telling donors Israel is losing support around the world. And that's been leaking out. What message does that send to Hamas as they're trying to eradicate them? Well, exactly. It sends a message of, of weakness and, and uh, on Biden's part, concern for the split within the Democratic Party, which is turning <laughs> more and more anti-Israel and more pro-Palestinian. That's what he's really worried about, because it jeopardizes his already uh, chancy prospects for re-election. And Ambassador uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, good to talk to you again, sir. I'm very concerned about the fact that we've had about 100 attacks against U.S. forces in the Middle East, and we really have not responded What's going to happen when some of our guys really get killed or they hit they hit one of our naval ships or they wipe out a, a merchant marine ship? What are we going to do then? Yeah, well, very good question, because what we're showing to the Iranians and really the whole world is weakness. And uh, uh, there was one uh, unnamed military official uh, quoted in uh, one of the papers this morning who said uh, quite accurately, I think, the only reason we haven't had a major casualty event of American soldiers is we've been lucky. So this unwillingness to go after the the Shia militia in Iraq, the Houthi rebels in Yemen who are firing missiles and drones at the, at our people and at, at the naval ships and commercial vessels, as you say, uh, demonstrates, I think, to Iran that they can get away with it. And there have been no strikes on Iran. So from Tehran's point of view, they're doing all this for free. And I think it means they're going to increase uh, the attacks on Americans and, and increase the pressure on commerce in the Red Sea. You know, that's where ships going to and from the Suez Canal have to pass through that. They sail right by Houthi territory. Ten percent of the world's commerce goes through the Suez Canal and therefore through the Red Sea. Uh, th- this is really a choke point where Iran, via the Houthis, could apply a lot of pressure and, and uh, on Israel and the United States. Uh, Ambassador, some of the lead leadership in our uh, armed forces, are they getting frustrated? What do you hear behind the scenes? Well, I think they are getting frustrated, and, and uh, it, it cuts for them right to the chase because their fellow service members in, in Iraq or on naval ships in the Red Sea or the Eastern Mediterranean or the Arabian Gulf uh, are, are at risk from these terrorist attacks. And uh, 
you know, the, the, the terrorists themselves, and particularly the Iranian leadership, only understands force and response. And when they see weakness, when they hear things like Biden saying Israel is losing support around the world, it encourages them. And that's exactly the wrong thing to have happen. Ambassador, one more thing. Venezuela, there's conflicts going on there, and the American people may hear it, but they don't know what the heck is going on there. Can you explain it to them? Well, I think it's very serious. I'll actually have an article in the Daily Telegraph in London tomorrow explaining this. I I think the Maduro regime is running out of money, and they're scared to death that if uh, Exxon and Chevron and other international oil firms can drill right next door in Guyana for what is pretty sweet, light crude, not the heavy Venezuelan stuff. Nobody's going to pay any attention to Venezuela, and his already low oil revenues will drop to zero. So I take his threats and his claims, his territorial claims, uh, seriously, because I think he's in a desperate position. And I think in that kind of shape, he may well try and seize at least part of of Guyana. So this is going to get serious. I think the Russians and the Chinese could have the dispositive role here. If they think they can get away with it while the U.S. is preoccupied elsewhere, I think they'll try and do it. So that's three wars. That's Ukraine, that's Israel, and Venezuela. I mean, where else? Where else is the next one? Taiwan. Well, I was. I was hoping. I was going to say. I hope you raise that question because if I were in the leadership of Beijing today, looking now just at Ukraine in the Middle East, I'd be saying the American bandwidth is already overloaded. What should we do uh, in the Indo-Pacific to take advantage of their uh, poor attention span? I, I don't know. Necessarily, it would be an invasion of Taiwan. Maybe it would be something less than that. But if they think they can grab something, the offshore islands, the Pescadores Islands that uh, Taiwan uh, is sovereign over, I think they're going to do it. And they've set the precedent to use military force, and we probably won't respond. Well, thank you, Ambassador Bolton. Thank you for keeping your eyes open for America and telling the American people the truth and using WABC as uh, one of one of the vehicles. Well, it's my pleasure. Always glad to be with you, John. Thank you. Thank you.